one of his favorite numbers. And indeed we are, friends, and uh, welcome aboard our audio barca lounger as uh, we set sail on this edition of Fusebox number 69, Fear and Lounging, and I'm your resting on someone else's laurels host, Mark Rose, thanking you for uh, pushing play once again on our humble program here. And uh, that... Over there, as he wipes the mustard from his beard, the always meticulously groomed, the pundit of potentiometers, Milt Keynes, everybody. And Guiler. <laughs> you know, these, these porn dogs from uh, Suicide Sally's, now, they're to die for, man. Saw what you did there. I thought I'd take one for the team. <laughs> Sally is so worth it. You know, I concur. I... I Totally in a hundred percent agreement. I, you know, I'm not the b- biggest fan of those uh, corn dog things, but uh, I got to say, she she has a spin on them that is uh, truly Portland, for sure. I think it's the bourbon. Oh, so was that the? Uh, yep, the John Holmes Memorial Porn Dog. Yeah, you gotta love old Sally's sense of humor at the very least, huh? You know, we really do need to post a copy of her menu sometime. It's a hoot and a proverbial holler, as they say. Oh, and by the way, the fine wearing apparel festooned with her incredible logo and stuff is, uh, of course, available at the Fusebox store, located at thefuseboxshow.com. Should you be so inclined to support her fine culinary efforts, as well as ours here at Fusebox, as well as greatly enhancing your wardrobe for certain. And they're cool, too. Yeah, yet they are. So, friends, I received a fascinating note from uh, Scott Campbell, who has uh, appeared on this program in various character roles over our three years so far to date. Uh, And most of those roles having come from uh, our first podcast experiment back in, uh, yes, the antediluvian days of 2005, a show called The Area 51 Show, in which uh, Scott and his uh, co-host at that time, Bobby Black, would provide the uh, glue between all the uh, produced bits I was in charge of creating. And uh, it was, uh, as I've said before, a really, really fun show to do. And we had a a bunch of success with that program, actually. At the time, I think we were um, always in the top ten list of comedy shows and so forth. Had a nice, uh, rabid group of fans at the time. We were doing downloads back in those days uh, on range of five to 9,000 a week, I think. And one big month where we did 50,000, thanks to Adam Curry for that. So, uh, Scott sends me this note and asks if I have uh, any recollection of this item in the note. And uh, he had a little link attached. So, so I clicked that there blue link thingy and was taken to a Google Books page that displayed a book called Podcasting for Dummies. 
written by T. Morris and uh, Evo Terra. And uh, it was open to page, and I kid you not, page 69. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Calm down. Where it said the following. Oh, and I should uh, mention that this section of the... The, uh, the book, the authors are comparing show preparation styles for, for various programs. So I'm, uh, I'm quoting here, and it says, uh, On the opposite side of the production spectrum is Area 51, a fully script one-hour podcast that features comedic bits, polished banter between hosts Douglas Scott and Bobby Black, and extremely professional-sounding production quality. Area 51's pre-show prep begins with producer Mark Rose scripting comedy bits while recording host segments. And they're quoting me here, evidently. Because of the nature of this show, the Douglas and Bobby segments are improvised, then cleaned up in editing. And they go on to say, The average pre-show prep time for the Area 51 crew, according to Rose, ranges from two... To three days. So needless to say, I, uh, I was amazed <laughs> and delighted to see this, but as you might imagine, had no memory at all of this thing. Well, you know, with all the damn mushrooms you hippies were doing back then, it's, it's not a stretch. <laughs> yeah, well, not really true. Um, but we were doing this program coast to coast in terms of production. Those guys were in Florida and I was out here in Portland, so... There were a lot of um, logistical things to keep straight. So to speak. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, though, if you've ever done uh, productions in multiple cities, it's a job and a little nerve-wracking on the side. But uh, in any event, a much, much belated thanks to uh, T. Morris and Evo Terra for the inclusion in this book and uh, I'm happy to say it, uh, it looks as though uh, those folks have written uh, a bunch of other books related to this form of entertainment as well. And most, if not all, are available on the Amazon page. And for those of you out there who are the wee bit curious, I'll post a link to this book as, as well in the uh, show notes there. So does that uh, qualify as a fuse box shout out? Well... It's not exactly a recent event. I mean, that's 12 years ago, but... uh, But hey, maybe we give them the fuse box cheer just the same. Ready then. Yeah, bravo indeed. So, we'll uh, scurry away for a break and uh, be right back as we calibrate our inner timelines. Area 51. Following is a moment of Zen with Georgie Patterson Owens III of Meridian, Mississippi, life coach, meditation teacher, and martial arts instructor. 
Well, you get out there and you you trying to you trying to be something, but but people are gonna gonna look at you and say you're gonna lasso something and get out backwards, and all you're gonna do is tell them I I've been I've been out at that dog before, and I'm not going anywhere anyway. The preceding has been a moment of zen with Georgie Patterson Owens the third of Meridian, Mississippi, life coach meditation teacher and martial arts instructor you know i feel so much more enlightened now not coincidentally that was the uh, aforementioned mr scott campbell doing what we were talking about way back when a little area 51 show thing there uh, of which I found, believe it or not, 25 unproduced bits that uh, we will give new life in this very program. All at once? Seems a little much. <laughs> no, certainly not all at once. No, I, I'd say in a more zen-like manner. They'll just sort of happen, as uh, all good things seem to do. Gotcha. So, speaking... Of the ethereal world. I, you know what? Oh, you want to do that thing? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's dabble a bit. Yeah, all right. Shan't we? So, uh, friends, the uh, fearless leader of this here Overnightscape Underground channel, which many of you will find our program on, that gentleman, Frank Edward Nora, often talks about uh, the very nature of reality as we know it and as we don't know it, and the interconnecting of timelines and so forth on his program, known as The Overnightscape. And uh, I was listening to one of his Overnightscape shows not too long ago when he was on a roll uh, regarding the um, well alleged reality of our surroundings. You know, is it truly real or an elaborate projection we buy into, and we buy into hook, line, and sinker. But, you know, it's, think about it for a moment. It's kind of like money, you know? What if everybody woke up on Thursday and had absolutely no context for the paper in their wallet, didn't have a clue what it was or what it was for, right? Things would get really strange quick. I can see that. Yeah. Of course. And, you know, and another example uh, is uh, language. What's uh, considered obscene in one language is only uh, truly a collection of sounds to someone who has no idea what you're saying. Perception is really everything, right? There's uh, many followers of uh, Eastern thought have believed that uh, this whole trip we're on, folks, is what uh, is commonly referred to as Maya or illusion, or a conjured experience we all buy into. You know, I've always said this last election was a nightmare, so... Uh... <laughs> well, exactly. So I, so I want to postulate something regarding dreams and timelines that uh, struck me while listening to Frank the other night. As a matter of fact, uh, he was on, on his... Uh, uh, 1400th show, he was, uh, he was having a conversation in his dream with the dream choreographers. 
you know, the people who allegedly, or the consciousness that allegedly puts all those players and situations together in our heads. Can you imagine that? I mean, really, 1,400 shows. I mean, that's a thing right there. Hell, at the rate we're going, you know, by show 1,400, I'd, I'd just be a head in a jar, you know? The mind boggles, bro. <laughs> so anyway, all right. So so here, here we go. S- now, and stay with me here. This, this concept can... Am I going to need to write anything down? <laughs> no. Will there be a quiz? Perhaps, but you'll get a prize. No, let's let's just presume for a moment that uh, this process that we all endure, <laughs> that we call sleep, is something more than just the body needing to recharge itself and then do some minor repair work at the same time. Let's, for the sake of presumptuousness, mentism, let's say that when we go to sleep, we virtually unplug from this present version of reality and, and its connected timeline. Wait, so we're like kind of cutting the cable on the service? Excellent analogy, Mr. Keynes. Yes, yes. I'm saying, what if the dreamer is cutting the cord or tendrils, if you prefer, and you know I prefer tendrils, is cutting the cord on this reality as he or she is drifting down into that uh, dream dimension, which, by the way, exhibits all the same uh, physiological responses that our waking life has, right? Meaning, you know, the body processes the stuff that is happening in dreams in the same organic way, just as it would in the waking life. We, if, we, if we get scared, the heart rate increases, there's adrenaline secretions, and all that, that fun stuff that goes on, right? writing as fast as I can. <laughs> good, good. So, to take that one step further, what if when we rejoin our reality... Already in progress. ...that we potentially, potentially, could re-enter this reality at a subtly different location in terms of the timeline, which might be why sometimes things go missing from places that we are positive that that's where they should have been, or show up in unexpected places. Streets or landmarks are subtly changed, names are slightly different, or more often than not, people we thought were dead are not, or vice versa. This whole Mandela effect we often hear about, you know, where many folks would swear that uh, Nelson Mandela died while in prison. Well, I'm not one of those folks, but there are many, 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 many who would bet their beanbag chair collection on it. Well, you know, I've had that happen. Yeah? I mean, there was one time I was trying to open the front door with the wrong key. And I damn well know that the house key had this green thingy on it to remind me of that. Or could have been one yoo-hoo and vodka too many at Suicide Sally's. Know what I'm saying? No, sir. As sure as there's an idiot in the White House, I am certain of this. My front door is green. And the little matching key thingy is green to remind me 
How the hell did it go from green to red? Which is the color that that key thing is now? Chemtrails. It's, 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 it's all the chemtrails. Seriously, though. No, it's, uh, it's, it's things exactly like that that I'm talking about. Little adaptations. Subtle variances in our daily lives, you know? You know, wait a minute. Scruffy didn't have tentacles yesterday. We all have this, this um, block of time, sometimes uh, six hours, sometimes more or less, that is really and quite definitely unaccounted for. Oh, sure, yeah, you can shoot someone sleeping and then play it back for them and say, see, you never moved, you're still right there. I say... There are other factors involved there that might suggest that the thing observing is also changing in that scenario. But that's a whole other discussion. Should we all take the red pill now? I take mine every morning. That's why this thing is in a jar. So, some uh, ethereal food for thought there. I, I just love those kind of speculation because there's really no way to measure or somehow quantify the actual dream experience beyond the physiology. And as quantum physics is telling us, the observed thing is changed immediately upon being observed. We live in a very, very fractal experience. I also think that uh, the deeper one goes to, quote, figure it all out, the more it changes until it's so convoluted that you forget what you were looking for. Why is that comforting to me? Because, Mr. Keynes, despite your gruff exterior, you are a visionary, a seeker, if you will. Yeah, no. But speaking of seekers, friends, as you may recall... From our uh, last show, we uh, <laughs> we've been receiving a bunch of uh, mysterious voicemails regarding a bunker allegedly being constructed here somewhere. And are we still getting those? Oh hell yes, they're still coming. Seriously? No, oh, yeah, something like fifteen or twenty so far. In fact, well, <clears throat> as a matter of fact, Timmy left a message just. Just last night, let me, uh, let me jack it in for you here. Yeah, this is Timmy. Hiya, Uncle Mark and Uncle Milt. It's Timmy. I hope you guys are doing super duper. Golly, I just wanted to call to say, I think the bunker idea is the tits. I mean, gosh, we all have to be ready to fight when the revolution comes in order to preserve our American way of life against Adolf Trump. Because, well, gosh, he's, he's just such a meanie and a total bag of dicks. Well, I think the whole gosh darn Republican Party are all just mean and greedy meanies who are greedy and mean and only driven by greed and meanness. And golly, I can't wait till I'm old enough to vote so I can do my part as a good citizen and vote those cocksuckers out of office. Anyway... I just wanted to say hi, and I hope I can help you build that swell bunker. Because good Americans like us have to roll up our sleeves and pitch in to help defeat Adolf Trump and be 
bigoted, fascist assheads like him everywhere. Well, they can all just lick my nuts. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> God, I love that kid. <laughs> yeah, Timmy's got a mouth like a teamster. So as uh, far as I can tell, folks think we're building a, a doomsday bunker. So all these voicemails are from people who want uh, a spot inside the thing to prepare for some sort of uh, blue versus red political revolution. Long overdue, man. The grand old Reich, the Christian wrong. Yeah. And those idiot uh, teabaggers and the so-called alt-right lunatics. Yeah, yeah. Spread their fear and ignorance for too damn long now, as far as I'm concerned. So it's high time we saddle up Take out the garbage, if you know what I mean. I, you know, I love it when you mix metaphors like that. Just calling it what it is, dude. Just calling it what it is. Oh, hey, don't get me wrong. I'm in complete and total and utterly total and complete agreement totally. Like I've said before, this country has needed an enema for quite some time. I just don't have any idea what all this bunker talk and the voicemails are all about. So, maybe we... What the fuck? What the hell was that? Bro, that came from right outside the studio. All right. It sounded like it was... Hang on, man. Holy shit, man. It's the revolution. This is really it. <gasps> Holy shit, man. Are you okay? I mean, is everything all right? Did, did we break anything? No, no, is no. It... What's... Did you check the, uh... We're, we're good, we're good. We're hot, too, by the way. We're still on, man. Still on. Okay, okay, good, good, good. Well, I'm gonna go see what happened, all right? Hey, be careful, man. Watch out for Republicans or, uh, anyone from Utah. Jesus. What the fuck is happening? Is happening here. Okay, okay, levels are good. Nothing, uh, nothing looks like it's broken. Uh, uh, okay, well, um, uh, I'm sure you all heard all that, so uh, we're, we're going to take a quick break here. And, uh, yeah, quick break. And uh, we'll be right back. I think. Fusebockshow.com. Okay, okay. Now, Eco, say that again. Say say what you... Okay, what did you just say? Cock lips! Cock lips! Cock lips! Cock lips. Damn, man, it's about my ex-wife. <sighs> For the last time, it's not about your ex-wife. Obviously. 
You've never met Janine. No, no. Cocklips, get it? See? See? Cocklips. Get it? Cocklips. Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, man. I get it. I get it. Apocalypse. They're saying. Exactly. They were warning us about the apocalypse. Right, right. The, the, the revolution. The revolution, exactly. They were building the bunker to get ready for a political revolution. Oh, man. Holy carp. Blue versus red, man. Love versus hate. <sighs> Enlightenment versus ignorance. Right versus wrong. Jan versus Marcia. Betty versus Will. Well, too far. Too far. Well, anyway, now we know what all the, the voicemails were about. And the cocklips now note from a few weeks ago that started this whole thing. Ugh, and all that shit they bought from Dick's Hardware. Wow. Just, wow. Just a great big sweaty throbbing and infected wow. You know, I need about nine or ten mugs of whiskey, dude. For starters, yeah. But right now... You guys need to go upstairs and get cleaned up. And no more explosions. Tomorrow we'll get started on putting the yard back together. Gee. Pretty bad. Milt, there's a hole the size of a Buick back there. Yikes. Oh, and apparently, Timo... Pulled those four huge cedar trees right out of the damn ground to clear space for the bunker. Double yikes. And I'm pretty sure Mrs. Rosenberg and her cats next door will never be the same. Wow. Yeah, yeah. As far as clusterfucks go, this is the... Clusterfuckiest? Ever the wordsmith, Mr. Keynes. Yeah, I'm good with words and stuff. So what do you say we wrap this show and, uh... Hit Suicide Sally's? The crowbar, maybe? Or Vinny's? Or d the sasshole? Well, I'm thinking all four, actually. Ah, uh, you're proposing we do the Portland Northside Mile. Yeah. You know what? After these past few weeks, I'm in. Let's do it. And we might as well plan a nightcap at the Arms Akimbo while we're at it. They have drag queen bingo Wednesday nights and an absolutely superior selection of scotch and bourbon and whiskeys and tequilas and... <laughs> you know, I haven't been on a good old-fashioned bender since... Last night? Well, I was gonna say this morning, but, you know, I guess it's the same thing. Anyway, we'll toast the revolution uh, with real toast. As long as the jam has rum in it. So, friends... We will take our shaken, not stirred personages out of here. But before we do so, a small army of thanks to Scott Campbell and Stuart Krug for contributions to this edition of the show, as well as T. Morris and uh, Evo Terra, wherever you are, for that inclusion in the book so many years back. <laughs> and uh, also to the always calm under pressure and maestro of meters, Milt Keynes, for technical and bomb-thwarting assistance. Yeah, well, you know what? I'll meet you outside. Yes, you will. And as always, thanks to you, friends, 
for pushing play on this edition of Fusebox. And may I remind you, ever so gently, with no explosions, to please subscribe to this humble audio effort wherever you may have found it, be it uh, Apple Podcasts or Podcast.com or the Overnightscape Underground or any number of places we might pop up. We'd so appreciate that. And uh, by the way, please feel free to uh, give the show a rating while you're there. That helps too. So uh, this has been your not-sleeping-but-not-quite-awake-yet host, Mark Rose, saying, until our next cartoon. Fuse.